Now stand with us, please. Do you open the eyes of my heart? Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to I want to see you, to see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory, pour out your power. each and every member and every guest here today, Lord. Lord, we thank you for our pastor and be with him as he brings our message. And these things we ask in Christ's name. Amen. You be seated. Deeper within, though the way things appear, you're looking. 
Place right here on the black line. My name's Kirk, and it's so good to be with all of my young friends here at church this morning. I want you to step up here. I'll hold your hand. I'll get you started, and I want you to walk across the board the best you can, okay? You want to go first? Come on. Step right up on the board. You want to watch me do it? Good. I don't want to have to do it. (laughs) Step right there. Can you step up there? Okay. Someone else, come and help us do it. You want to come? Step right up there. There you go. Now, can you walk across all by yourself? Excellent. What great balance. And if you will sit right there on the black line, does somebody else want to try it? You want to try it now? There she goes. Wow. Somebody else? You want a hand to help you get up there? Okay. You can do it. Very good balancing on the board. You want to try? Okay. If you all want to sit down right down the floor, we're going to watch the bigger games go, okay? Excellent balance. Way to go. Okay, life gets really much harder as you get into elementary school. So you have a choice. You can put the blindfold on and walk across blindfolded, or you can put the blindfold on and walk across backwards. Come right on up here. Put the blindfold on. Next. Then we'll just share blindfolds. I'll help you up. Well, you know, in the book of Genesis, oh, didn't quite make it. Let's, no, we'll try somebody else. If we have time, you can try later. You want to do it? I'll help you out. Anybody else want to put the blindfold on? Who wants to go next? If you don't want to do it blindfolded, you can just do it. Maybe you want to do it, side it, and just walk backwards. That's kind of a challenge. Ready? Step up and go. Anybody else? You want to do it without the blindfold? <laughs> With it? Okay. See if you can borrow a blindfold. I'm waiting for somebody to do it blindfolded backwards. That's like a super duper. Okay. Almost. One step shy. You ready? Yep, you can do it. Well, let me tell you, 
in the very beginning, you're going to do it blindfolded or not? Yeah, you can just hold it up against your eyes. There we go. Ready? Hand. Okay. Good. Good start. Ready? Almost. You got about halfway. You're going to go backwards? Turn around. Excellent balancing. Turn around. Okay. Well, let me tell you, God had a balancing act way, way in the very beginning of time, before we even had an earth. And he says this, and because my friend God says this, I believe it's true. He said, let us make man in our image, way to go, according to our likeness, let man have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And that requires lots and lots of challenging balances. If you will close your eyes because we respect God and bow your head, let's tell him, God, you're our friend and we thank you for balance and we thank you that we are created in your image. Amen. Our scripture reading for today comes from the very first chapter in the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, and it's a fairly lengthy passage of scripture because I'm reading the entire chapter and the first couple of verses of chapter 2, but it's a a chapter that uh, many of us are familiar with. So let us hear the word of God. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless, Void and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness God called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome. And it was so. God called the dome sky and there was evening and there was morning the second day. 
And God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together. God called seas and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seeds and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, the trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind with which the waters swarm, and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind and the cattle of every kind and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in God's image. In the image of God, God created them, male and female, God created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit, you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life. I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. God saw everything that God had made, and indeed it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all their multitude. On the seventh day, God finished the work that God had done, And God rested on the seventh day from all the work that God had done. This is the word of God for you and for me. The traditional black spiritual generally has a theme 90% of the time of uh, wanting to be out of our tough situation for for those who are black spirituals were written generally by those who were slaves on a plantation working somewhere, working for little or no wage whatsoever in bad conditions. And they earned, yearned to be out of that situation, to be on in heaven or in some promised land that may not be exactly heaven, but it was some other place that they could live and be free. And that's generally what black spirituals almost 90 percent of the time talk about. One of those that we're doing today is called My Lord's Done Been Here. 
And we can think of this in the fact that God has already been here and dwelt on earth. He knows how it is here. He knows how we feel about things, and he's going to take care of it. And that's sort of what we want you to remember today as we sing that black spiritual, My good Lord's done been here. pray. Dear God, thank you for being here today. Please bless us today, and please bless these tithes and offerings. In your name we pray. Amen.
I thought Paris was a big deal for Emily. Good, okay, now you're gonna give me a hard time too. Hey, Andy. Andy. Andy, what? The hell is I, I didn't have a choice, okay? I Miranda asked me, and I, I couldn't say no. I know that's I, your answer for everything lately. I didn't oh, have a choice. Hey, like this job was forced hey, on you. Like I you don't make it. these decisions okay. yourself. You're mad because I work late all the time, and because I missed your birthday party, and I'm sorry. Oh, come on, what? What am I for? You, you, you hate runway and Miranda, and you think fashion is stupid. You've made that clear. Andy, I make port wine reductions all day. I'm not exactly in the peace corps. You used to say this was just a job. You used to make fun of the runway girls. What happened? Now, now you've become one of them. That's absurd. Hey, that's okay. That's fine. Just own up to it. And then we can stop pretending like we have anything in common anymore. You don't mean that. <laughs> no, I do. Maybe this trip is coming at a good time. Maybe we should take a break. In case you were wondering, the person whose calls you always take, that's the relationship you're in. I hope you two are very happy together. continuing our series on God in the workplace, we're asking the question today, how do I balance my life and my work? The fact is that there are certain things in our lives that we are created to need. And if we don't make room for these things, then we will never be fully alive. One of the early church fathers, Irenaeus, said the glory of God is mankind fully alive. And what he meant by that is that God wants us to be fully alive. God has created you to enjoy life. And I just wonder today if all of us feel that way. Or do we feel more like we're trapped in some situation that we can't get out of and we're missing out on what God has really created us to be. And that's why I want to talk a little bit this morning about balance. And that's why we have our scales here in the front here to, to illustrate in a visual way the need for balance in our lives. Because, there, because when, we're, when our lives are out of balance, we are missing out on the full blessings of life that God wants for us to have. It's kind of like driving a car. Every car drives on four wheels, and as long as these four tires are balanced and have fairly equal air pressure in them, the ride is, is fairly smooth. But what happens if one tire gets significantly low on air or even goes flat? You ever tried to ride along on a flat tire? One thing, it's, it's a rough ride, isn't it? It's hard to control. And for another thing, if you ride too long like that, you can cause significant damage to other parts of your car. And in the same way, we have to make sure that we have balance in four distinct areas of our lives. Because, you see, if one of these areas in our lives is neglected, then our entire life will steer off course. So here's the first area that God says we need to have balance. We need a balance in our lives. And that is that we need to make room for work. I know that this may be news to some of you, but work is good. <laughs> In fact, we were created to work. Let's look at the very first verse in the Bible. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Do you see that? In the very first verse of the Bible, God is working. 
God's work is creation. It is bringing life to where there was no life before. It is making something out of nothing. And that's kind of God's specialty, isn't it? God does that all the time. God has done that in my life and in your life. But the point is that in the beginning, God was working. But not only does God work, but God created us to work as well. In the very next chapter, also a part of the creation story, in Genesis 2.15, we are told that the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. You see, immediately after God created human beings, God put them to work. But, you know, you know, when you think about it, I'm, I imagine that was probably a pretty cushy job, don't you think? <laughs> I mean, working the Garden of Eden. They were in the Garden of Eden, for goodness sakes. And there was there was no commute. They lived there. There were no twin bridges down to one lane. There was no pollution, no crowds, no time clocks or anything like that. So this must have been a pretty good job to have. But you know what? God created us to work. And God created us to enjoy the work that we do. The book of Ecclesiastes has a lot to say about work. And one of the things that it says in Ecclesiastes 3.22 is this. I saw that there is nothing better for people than to be happy in their work. You know, I, I always thought that I would be happiest sitting on a couch all day eating Cheetos and watching television. Was that an amen? <laughs> Out there, is that where it was? Okay, somebody over here. <laughs> okay, I got news for you folks. That may give us a little enjoyment from time to time, but, but the Bible tells us that I'm really the happiest and I'm the most fulfilled when I am using the gifts that God has given to me to work, whether that's on the job or, or volunteering in some meaningful pursuit. But unfortunately, instead of enjoying our work, many of us end up resenting our work and dreading our work because, you see, for many of us, our work ends up taking over our lives. And let's be honest about this. In order to succeed these days, we have to work hard. And sometimes we have to work long. And, and I'm all for that. Christians need to work hard in their chosen profession. But the danger comes when your life becomes, when your work becomes your entire life. When you haven't made room for anything else in your life besides work. You know, we were created to express our identity through our work. However, we were not created for our work to become our identity. You know what I'm talking about here, don't you? My job becomes who I am. Folks, when that happens, then something's wrong. When that happens, you have become a workaholic. And workaholics, just like alcoholics, can destroy their lives because they have made room for only one thing. And there's no balance. My friends, we need to make room for the rest of life because if we don't, then we're going to be miserable. Take a look at our next verse, Ecclesiastes 2.20. This comes from... King Solomon, who was one of the wisest and richest men ever. And he says, so I turned in despair from hard work. It did not answer. It, it was not the answer to my search for satisfaction in this life. It was not the answer for satisfaction for my search for satisfaction in this life. Maybe some of you are feeling like that in your life today. Hard work is good, but it cannot bring satisfaction in and of itself. And that doesn't mean that your work cannot be rewarding. It can be. And that doesn't mean that, that you can't get great satisfaction from your work. I hope you do. But work, all by itself, leads to a life out of, out of balance. And as Solomon says, it ultimately leads to despair. 
So we must make room in our lives for work. But in order for us to uh, for us to enjoy work, we also have to make room for three other very important areas of our lives as well. And here's number two. Make room for rest. We need to make room for rest. We were created to need rest. In fact, God, even God, rested. Our next verse is, again, from the creation story in Genesis 2, verses 2 and 3. And it says, On the seventh day, having finished God's task, God rested from God's work. So God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day that God rested from all the work that God had done in creation. So you see, God works. God did the work of creation for six days, and then God rested. In fact, God thinks that resting from work is so important that God set aside one day during the week to be holy, to be sacred, and God called that day the Sabbath. And it was a time when no work is to be done. And do you know why God did this? Because God knows that we need the rest. God commands us to take a day off because God knows that we need the rest. God created us so that we need seven or eight hours of sleep every night. God created us to need time away from work. Time to relax, time to play, time to have fun from time to time. Now, I, I can just look around this morning and, and just looking in your faces today, I see that some of you are struggling to stay awake. <laughs> and I'm sure that it has absolutely nothing to do with the quality of this sermon. So maybe it's because you were up late working last night. Or maybe even several nights this week. But it is scientifically proven that when we don't get enough rest, our performance goes down. Our health goes down. And our stress level goes up. Folks, we can literally take years off of our lives by not getting enough rest. There are some nomadic tribes in the Middle East called the Bedouins and And their average lifespan is almost a hundred years old. Well, some anthropologists got wind of this and they wanted to find out what this was all about. So they went out to study why the Bedouins are able to have such a long lifespan. And what they discovered was that their primitive lifestyle and their schedule eliminated almost all stress from their lives. The Bedouins will get up to go to work about six o'clock in the morning and Most of them are are shepherds, so they get up early. They eat breakfast, and then they go to work. And since they're shepherds, they don't quit working. They'll they'll, they'll take lunch, but they don't quit working until about 6 o'clock that evening when the sun goes down. And when the sun goes down, they'll come back together, and they will eat dinner together at about 6 p.m., And then from 6 to 10, they spend time together. They share stories. They talk. They share about their day. They play games. They enjoy each other's company. And then at about 10 o'clock, they go to bed. And they always take one day off a week to rest completely. Now, if you think about that, that's a pretty aggressive schedule, but it also provides plenty of time for rest and for family and for everything else. And our bodies were created to work this way. But in contrast to that, as Americans, our initial thought is that the more financial and technological resources we have, the better our life is going to be. But in reality, studies show that with increased possessions and increased technology, our lives become more complex and more stressful. I mean, think about it. If you have a cell phone or a computer or a Palm Pilot or something like that, it is increasingly difficult for you to ever get away from work. And the fact is that life moves fast. And we work faster and harder and longer hours just to keep up and to, and to get ahead. But without enough rest, we're only going to fall behind. Because you see, the the key to success is not speed. It's not going as fast as you can for as long as you can. 
The key to success is temple. It's working hard during the day, but having time to rest, to re-energize, and to enjoy life outside of work. So maybe we need to take a lesson from the Bedouins and allow ourselves to work hard and do our best, but also to commit ourselves to make time each day for rest. Let's read another verse together from Ecclesiastes. This is Ecclesiastes 10.15, which says, Only someone too stupid to find his way home would wear himself out with with work. (laughs) Folks, if you want to be as successful as possible in your work, if you want to live a healthy and longer life, then you need to make room in your life for rest. At the very beginning of the Bible, God said that we need to make room in our lives for both work and rest. But as the video clip that we saw just a a little while ago indicates, a real danger is that our work will also get in the way of our relationships. Do you remember what Andy's boyfriend said to her, the young lady in there? Do you remember what he said to her when her boss called for what was obviously the umpteenth time? He said, in case you were wondering, the person whose calls you always take, that's the relationship you're in. My friend, here's the third wheel that we need to keep in balance. And that is our relationships. We need to make room for our relationships. When God created the world, God said that everything was good from the stars to the planets, the trees. Everything was perfect except for one thing. In Genesis 2.18, the Bible says, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a companion for him. Did you hear that? God says it's not good for us to be alone. God noticed that Adam needed somebody to be with. And it wasn't until God created Eve that Adam's life became good. Desmond Tutu once said that a person can only be a person through others. And I think what he meant by that was that you can't be a real person without meaningful relationships. But unfortunately, as Americans, we are so disconnected. And we are becoming more and more so. Do you you know what the, the most rampant disease in America is today? It's not a physical disease. It's a social disease. It's called loneliness. Loneliness. Loneliness is the number one cause of depression in the United States far and away. And as blessed as we are in this country and as prosperous as we are We struggle so much with loneliness and depression. And the problem is not that we don't have enough people around us, because we do. We've we've got plenty of people around us. But the problem is that we're having a hard time connecting with the people around us. It's called crowded loneliness. Two-thirds of all people who struggle with depression cite loneliness as its main cause. And is it any wonder that according to scientific studies, relationship support is the number one factor in removing stress and depression? Relationships are more important than drugs. So you see, we need other people in our lives to to share our lives with and to be there for us and for us to be there for them. We were created to need people to do this thing called Life together. But God has known this all along. I mean, after all, God created us this way. Take a look at our next verse of Scripture. It's from Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 and 10. It says this, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the one who falls and has no one to help him up. Folks, we have to make room for relationships in our lives. 
We cannot let our work or our career, no matter how important it may be, to take precedent over the most important relationships in our lives. Because if you do, I promise you, it'll be the biggest mistake you ever make. Especially always make room for your spouse if you are married. Do you know that married people struggle with loneliness as well? Almost as much as single people. Because you see, you can be married to someone and sleep in the same bed with them for years, but never develop a real relationship with them. In fact, one of the most often cited reasons for divorce is loneliness. Because one spouse or both spouses decide to make their work and their career more important than their husband or wife. So who do you need to make room for in your life today? Think about that for a minute. Who do you need to make room for in your life today? In order to have a balanced life, we need to make room for work, for rest, for relationships, and finally, and most importantly, we need to make room for God. You know, we've, we've seen by looking at the creation story in Genesis that God created us with very specific needs. We need to work. We need to rest. We need other people. But most importantly, we need God. Look at our next verse of Scripture. It's from Genesis 1, 27. It says, for God created people in God's image. God patterned them after God's self, male and female, God created them. Folks, one of the main reasons that God created us in God's image was so that we could have a relationship with our creator. That's the number one reason why we were created. And that is the number one need that you and I have in our lives You were created in God's image specifically for that purpose so that you can have a relationship with God. But as we have seen with these other things, in order for us to have a relationship with someone, we must spend time with them, don't we? And here's the good news. We have the ability to connect with God every single day. In fact, I know it's hard, but it's a hard thing to do because our life is so out of balance. But I think that we need to set aside aside some time every day to spend time with God in prayer, just talking with God. And I think we need to set aside some time every day to to read God's word in the Bible. You know, in the New Testament, Jesus frequently, we're always seeing him withdrawing to a lonely place to be by himself so that he could pray and to just spend some time with God. And I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that if Jesus needed to do that, then then we probably need to do that as well. So make room for God in your life. In 1 Corinthians 1, 9, it says, God has called you into this wonderful friendship With God's Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. You know, God went to great lengths to make this friendship with us possible. First, God created us in God's image. And then when our decision to turn away from God became a a barrier between us and God and prevented our relationship from happening, God sent Jesus to die on the cross so that we could have our sins forgiven and and reestablish that relationship. God became a human being and made the ultimate sacrifice so that we could have a relationship right now and forever And all we have to do is to say yes to God and then make room in our lives for our Creator. You know, God went to great lengths to make that friendship possible. And and it amazes me why it's so hard for us to, to make room for five or 10 or 15 minutes a day to spend time with God. Why is it so hard for us to give a couple of hours every week to spend time with God? Why can't we make room for God when God did so much to make room for us? My challenge for you this morning is this. Make room for that relationship with God in your life. I forget where I heard this illustration. I think I saw it on the 
one of those internet things that come my way from time to time, but I think it's very appropriate for our subject today. I want you to imagine for a moment that life is like a game and you are juggling four balls up in the air. One of the balls is your work. Another is your health. The next ball is your relationships. And the final ball is your faith, your relationship with God. In your life, you are working as hard as you can to balance all four of these things. And you're juggling them all, trying to keep them up in the air. But one day you're going to figure out that work is a rubber ball. And if you drop it, it's going to bounce back up. It may roll away for a while, but you can always pick it up again and throw it back in with the others and keep on going. But the other balls, your health and your relationships and your relationships with God, those are more like glass balls. And if you drop one of those, it's going to get scuffed, it's going to get marked, and it may even shatter. And you will come to understand that you cannot focus so much on the rubber ball of work that you drop the other three balls that are more important. And when you understand that, you will have the beginning of balance in your life. You know, balancing your life's hard work. We have to work at it, and we can't do it alone. But if we commit to it, and if we ask God to help us, and to be in all of these areas of our lives, then God help will help us to be successful in balancing our lives. Let us pray together. Oh God, we acknowledge that you created us and you know us better than we even know ourselves. But we also know, oh Lord, that it's so easy to get our lives out of balance. So God, help us to make room in our lives for all four of these areas. Make our work meaningful. Make it successful. Make it enjoyable. Help us to make room for rest and for fun. Help us to make room for the people in our lives that matter the most to us. And most importantly, oh God, help us to make room for you. Not just for a few minutes each day or a few hours each week, but, but every, in every area of our lives. God, we don't want to merely exist anymore. We want to experience the authentic, full life that you have for us. So give that to us today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn, Jesus is Lord of All, number 296. And we invite you to make this song a reality in your life. That Jesus would be the Lord of all of these areas of your life. That Jesus would be the Lord of your work. That Jesus would be the Lord of your time of rest and your time of play. That Jesus would be the Lord of your relationships with each other and with one another. And that, of course, Jesus would be our Lord as we relate to God. God is the creator of all this world. And through this creation, God wants us to live fulfilled, happy, enjoyable lives. But we can't do that if our lives are out of balance. So maybe today is the day you need to get your life back in balance. To get things straight with God, first of all, and with others. And just to kind of get things, to get your priorities in order. If God's dealing in your heart in any way today, we invite you to come forward as we sing this song. Maybe you just want to, to pray, and I'd, I would love to pray with you. Maybe you're looking for a church to be a part of. We invite you to come and unite with our church. God's dealing in your heart in any way. We invite you to come. Would you come?
Oh God, we have declared that you are the Lord of all. And we pray that we may make that a reality in our lives. As we go from this place, may we make Lord God the Lord of all areas of our lives. Our work, our rest, our play, our relationships with one another. As well as our time here at church or our time spent in quiet time with God. Let us go from this place putting our lives in balance, setting our priorities straight, and knowing that this is the key to a fulfilled life. Help us, O oh God, as we go from here to live the full, enjoyable, happy life that you have created for us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hi-ho! Where we go.